Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinnerbaits, buzzbaits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to The Reel Down on Paddling Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the real Madeline yeah. Finn. It's Monday night. Welcome back. How you doing, Jimmy? Pretty good, man. Getting I'm, well, I'm I'm already psyched up, but I'm trying to stay energized to finish getting all my crap ready to go to Texas tomorrow. Yes, yeah, it's so not going well. Some people are already out there. I guess they're going straight from like Broken Bow, going straight from the Hobies over to Texas. Yeah, um, I thought we were going to be out there kind of early getting out getting there tomorrow, but uh, apparently not. So, but we did shout out to Russ Snyder. He, uh, called the Airbnb owner and they're letting us come a day early instead of us having to, we were just going to kind of mosey our way over there and then sleep in the truck or get a, you know, one of the, the motel sixes out there that you might get shot at, but now we don't have to. So thanks Russ. And we were joking. We mess. Uh, I sent him a message since he just, you know, won the Broken Bow event and was like, "Hey, that means stakes are on you." And he said, "Yeah, so the, it's gonna be a good week." That guy, he's so crazy. Is he on? I, I didn't see. Him. Is he on KBN tonight? I figured. Well, I, I figured. I have no idea. Yeah. I haven't. Like, I won't even lie to you. I didn't think about what day it was until about thirty minutes ago, and I almost missed being on this show. <laughs> I was getting ready to start packing a couple of things, and I just was like, God, I'm forgetting something. And then I was like, oh, God, it's Monday night. <laughs> I got to go set. I already packed up all my computer stuff. I had to go and pack up all of it. Well, I, I, that was a big tournament this week, but uh, we had just had Russ on not too long ago. So uh, this week we decided to go another route. But congrats to all those Hobie guys. Definitely tough for a lot of people out there. Uh, but, yeah, tonight – as always, we are sponsored by the Dugout, the best shop in the country. Got to believe that. But uh, what, what's what's going on at the Dugout this week, Jimmy? Well, the real down deal is still going on. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you again in case you didn't know. Uh, St. Croix Legend Extreme Rods at regular price. Get a free Shimano SLX reel of your choice. Extreme. Um, Extreme. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the, they got the Burley Pro stuff. Um, the St. Croix, was it victory? Yeah. The Russian looking rod. That's the only thing I can think about is that it's like the, the Russian, whatever, not going to go there. 
But uh, so this week uh, they want to let y'all know that they've got uh, Yakima racks and stuff in for, you know, putting on your car or your trailer or whatever to uh, load your boats up. The Yakima topwater boxes, which Ooh, if you have yeah, not ever seen yeah. one, Google it. I have one. It is the best thing in the world for carrying your rods, in my opinion. No one else outside of now fly fishing. There's some some nice stuff, but. As far as just carrying a whole bunch of rods and reels, you cannot beat the Yakima Topwater Box. I think I've got I've got paddles and electronics in the bottom of mine right now, and I think I've got 12 rod and reel combos in there, and it's all comfortable, locks up real nice, watertight. Well, I won't say watertight. It's weatherproof. You're not, it's not, rain's not getting in, but definitely don't put it low on your trailer and wet launch your kayak. That's why I just rebuilt my trailer. Uh, and then they also wanted to let everybody know that they're the Southeast dealer for the on the water innovations trailers, which again, if you have not checked out one of those trailers, um, I'll go ahead and plug, uh, Catherine fields, go check out Kate fishing. She's got one of their trailers and I was so jealous of her setup that I kind of replicated it myself and built my own because I'm sorry, I am too broke to buy a cool trailer like that. But yeah, they, they're the dealer down there at the dugout, so go down there and check them out and tell them that me and Dan and Paddle and Finn sent you that way. And then you can check out them, like the Tourney Light, the Tourney Double. They have all the different standard ones. Chad Hoover has one. You can check out his site. I mean, him, his is custom. They don't have that one at the dugout. But, yeah, man, it's a veteran owned by Denny, and it's just they're putting out the best. There's a lot of great trailers, like, you know, uh, a lot of different brands out there, but, on the water innovations, there's they're the best on the market right now. There's it's like on the water and everybody else. It is and Dan. Dan can say that Dan has a Tennessee uh, Tennessee trailers, and that's a good trailer. Yeah, that's well, a nice trailer. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's just not. There's custom things like the slit, uh, the bars on the bottom. They're tilted down so your kayak just slides off the bottom. Like the attention to detail on the on water innovations trailers, they're just like a cut above anything else out there. And if you haven't checked them out, if you're watching this, you probably have. But if you haven't, dude, they are the best out there. I mean, there, there's no doubt. legit. Yeah. All right. Somebody loves my hat. I don't know who that is, Facebook user, but you're all right in my book. Uh, yeah. And yes, he's on. Chris Mark says Russ is on KBN tonight. So go well, back. We're going to talk about Chris a little later. He was yeah. uh, out of the money by one spot due to a tiebreaker on Gunnersville. That sucks. But yeah, we'll guess. talk about that tournament. TVKA talk about that tournament tonight. But uh, if if you want to fish Gunnersville this weekend, Coleman's having a tournament. So yeah, run on down to Gunnersville. But uh, yeah, so here we go this week. We're mixing it up, doing a little bit of something different, going way out west. We've got the Urban Kayak, Urban Anglers Club of Los Angeles. Uh, this week they were on the Santa Fe Dam. But uh, really, so something we don't get to say enough on this show, and we should every week, it's a shame that we don't, uh, is we want to say thank you to all the active duty um, veterans, soldiers, sa sailors, airmen, Marines, and now guardians. You you have to say guardians in that too, uh, for the space force that kind of weirds me out still, but, uh, guardians, it's so badass. but, um, <laughs> but also, but also really is. the first responders out there, uh, they help us. I mean, they're keeping us safe right now. And, um, you know, they're there whenever you need them. But last week, the club, the urban anglers, uh, urban anglers club of Los Angeles, they held a benefit tournament for one of their own anglers, uh, Jose Luis Rosa, he was a police officer um, with L.A. County, and he was killed in the line of duty. So they were having a benefit tournament for him. So um, to bring them on, first we have, hopefully I don't mess up names, mm -hmm. Kurt, me, Tyre, and we have hey, Dan uh, and Jimmy. Hey, and well, we well. have Alex Cox. I'm not going to mess that one up. <laughs> Arnold Velasquez. There you go. Got it. Man, dude, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm you know what? We do this podcast for about 10 years and you might be just fine. No. <laughs> no, I look your names every day. I'm sorry, I'll say it now. I tell you, it's it's the California ones that get you too. 
I'm I'm fine reading through the tournament, and then we hit the California tournaments, and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not even gonna try. Just congrats if you cashed a check, guys. <laughs> well, th- thank y'all for being on the show. How are y'all doing? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Good. Yeah, yeah real good. All right, so uh, we'll do a little round the round the horn here. We'll start with Kirk. Tell everybody who you are and how you got into kayak fishing. Well, I'm, I'm Kirk Matoyer, and the kayak fishing came about because I love fishing, for one thing. I used to compete in a lot of bass tournaments and the regular bass boats, and then um, um, something happened. I had a stroke and brain surgery, and couldn't fish in those big tournaments anymore. But um, it was real important that I exercised a lot. And so that's how I got, I got into the kayaking, you know, I got a kayak that way I can exercise and fish at the same time while we, while I rehab myself. So all worked out pretty good. I'm fine now and I'm still kayaking and fishing. Very cool. What, what oh. kind of kayak you in? Oh, I have a Hobie Pro Angler 12. Okay. Big money. All right. Let's see Getting what's going on. workouts, huh? Yeah. Baller. All right. Alex, how about you, man? Good, good. Um, so I actually, uh, I fished in college with, through the uh, FLW College Series. And then there was kind of a handful of years where I just not really doing much. And then uh, I found out about the Urban Angler Club in 2018. And I fished my first event on a stand-up paddleboard. Because um, I live right by the ocean. So that's pretty much all I, all I had at the time. And then after doing that, and then one of the KBF Opens on Clear Lake on the paddleboard, I decided... I need to up my game a little bit. So then the next year I kind of went all in with a, a kayak and trolling motor and everything. And um, I've been doing every kayak tournament that I can manage from SoCal up to NorCal and even out, out West. I was at Gunnersville last year. And uh, okay. I think that any club, whether it's big or small is important to grow in the sport. And the urban angler club is a really good organization uh, that gives a lot of guys opportunities just to kind of get a taste of, of what competitive fishing can be like, whether they're from the bank or shore or uh, a kayak or float tube. It's, it's a really good kind of grassroots um, beginners club for a lot of people. And, and I can't say thank you enough to Kirk for putting it on for us. And uh, so this is a club that allows everything, right, Kirk? Uh, well, all small watercraft. So boats have to be 14 feet or less, and we don't allow any gas motors. So we get a lot of float tubers, um, kayakers, like Alex said, paddle boarders, um, pretty much anything that's a small watercraft. And we do allow shore anglers as well to come in, join our club, and even join the tournament. So we try not to turn anybody away. You do have to be 18 and over because of liability reasons. But if the kids come and fish with their parents, uh, we'll allow that too. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Arnold, how about you, man? Um, I, I'm actually new to tournament fishing. I just started, um, I actually fished a couple of tournaments with another guy that Kirk used to sponsor. Remember those, Kirk? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it all started. You know, there's just a uh, few guys fishing for shore and having competition against each other. I heard about it, went and started sponsoring some of those events with my homemade worms and stuff like that. And then it it just kind of snowballed from there. I actually don't know how I got chosen to put the club together, to be honest with you, but uh, it just kind of ended up that way. Yeah, so, and then Kirk started his thing. And what what I liked about his club or is it they allowed uh, various watercrafts. And I don't fish out of a kayak. I fish out of a pond prowler. It's like a little eight foot pontoon boat, you know, four by eight. So okay, that's what attracted me to go there. And then that was my first actual season of tournament fishing, and I I fell in love right away, you know. So all right, cash and checks, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a cool twist on it for sure. You know, I I don't know. I, I think it would be cool if we had more local stuff like that where guys use pond prowlers or. Float tubes. NACA had a guy one year. I can't remember which body of water we were fishing, but we had a guy show up on a float tube, and I want to say he top tinned. And that that'll just make you, you know, I don't know. Like I'm happy for the guy, but then you're like, God, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of guys actually won on Kirk on the on shore. 
Remember? Yeah, we had a couple, we've had a couple of winners on shore. And actually, one of our um, one of our club members, Mario Bass, he was actually in the running for Urban Angler of the Year. He fished all the, all the tournaments from shore, and he was hanging in there pretty tough. So, actually, went out and got him a special trophy for best shore angler. So, it, you know, that just shows you that you know, it can come out with us and just really it's about having a good time and less about the competition. Our kind of theme is um, learn and share. So you, you want to learn as much as you can with the more experienced guys. And if you have success on the water, we expect you to share that with our other members. So you don't have to give away your secret spot, but we want to know what you're using and how you're using it. So At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. That's, that's pretty crazy to think about that you can, somebody still pulled, pulled a win away. I mean, you got to think about it like shore fishing against any kind of watercraft, you're starting out with a handicap right off the bat. If, according to how you look at it, you know, I mean, it limits. I mean, if it's a deeper water bite, like, what are you going to do? You know, right. that, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I think that, I mean, the, the name of the club is the Urban Angler Club. And you're looking at where we are in, you know, you got L.A. County, Riverside County, Orange County. A lot of the lakes that we're fishing are, I mean, I think the biggest one might be three to 350 acres. Um, and then the rest of them are a lot smaller than that. So being able to fish from shore can actually have its advantages. I mean, I'm not exactly sure where you guys are in the country, but out West, we're already in that first wave of, of spawn. And because of the rules, I got out of my boat and sight fished one fish from the bank because I could. And, and it's just a different twist on, on things. And, and like I said, in, in the springtime, if you're fishing from shore, you can cover a decent amount of the, the 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 perimeter of the lake. Sometimes you might actually have a better vantage point than the guys on the boats. No, it's crazy. Yeah, we're we're down here in Alabama, so we're we finally got out of the cold weather and have had a really nice warming trend. So it's about to go crazy down here. Actually, you said you came out to Gunnersville. I'm like forty five minutes, maybe an hour from being on on Gunnersville. Yeah. So. I live, I live right down here in the Mecca of the Tennessee river fishing. And I'm two hours South of there. Nice. Yeah. I, I know that I, I fish a little better from shore than I do in the kayak. Cause one of the problems I have is position, positioning the kayak into the right spot to make a cast. I usually get one, maybe two casts into the spot I want. And then I, I'm drifting off the spot. I don't have a trolling motor on mine. So it's kind of hard to, to stay in the location you would like to be at, you know, ideally to, to catch the fish you're targeting yeah, i just seem to do that better from shore than i can do from the kayak but i i thoroughly enjoy getting out in the kayak heck yeah cool. what you got next for him dan yeah so let's kind of um, just talk about the the tournament and uh so first we'll talk about the benefit and why you had the tournament and um so why so why were you putting this on well, the the it all came about. We we have a, a set of a tournaments scheduled already, and this our first tournament that we just had on Sunday was scheduled as a regular tournament. Then, when we found out about our Urban English Club member Jose, we decided to turn that tournament into a fundraiser. So we literally put it together in a week, ten days, something like that. And uh, it was just kind of like a, a rush, but we thought we it had to be done. Before Jose passed away, he was in the hospital um, fighting for his life there for about a week. So, um, um, you know, that was when we started putting to, it together for him. And after he passed, we just made it a, a, a fundraising tournament, you know, for, for his family. So we had several guys already signed up before we changed the format of the tournament. So I just told them, if anybody wants to back out, we'll give them a full refund. And it's understandable. If they have no obligation to stay there for the, um, 
you know, for the fundraiser. But, but it, you know, we have such a great group of guys. Nobody backed out. We even have people who couldn't make the tournament paying to get it, paying the entry fee for the tournament so it can all go to Jose. So, so 100% of everything we earned um, went to his family. And that includes, we have some raffles and stuff. We have some great sponsors that, that gave us a bunch of items to raffle off. And, it, um, you know, that's kind of like how it all came about and how we how we started it. Um, um, Alex, uh, Arnold, you guys have got any input on that? Well, I just think that, I mean, like I said, like back in, in 2018, when, when at least I started with the club, it it's really cool to see how much it's grown in size, but also how it's grown closer together between all the anglers. Uh, I mean, you know, some of those guys that are, are really close with Jose were able to speak about him. I, I didn't have the, you know, the fortunate chance to, to really get to know Jose, but some of those guys just became close friends on and off the water, fishing aside. And, you know, from fishing all of these different circuits up and down California and even out, out East, it's sometimes you, you get caught up in, in the competitive aspect of, of fishing and, when when I kind of take a step back and come back home and and I see the Urban Angler Club, where fishing is, I would say maybe half the reason why these guys are getting together. The other half is just because they really like spending time with each other and learning and and whether they catch fish, you know, that's that's one thing, and they'll, they'll brag about it for for months at a time. But it's just good to see that there's that honest, true camaraderie among anglers, and it's not just about who's going to beat who. That's that's one of my favorite things about our sport is that's. I mean, the camaraderie and the, you know, the brotherhood and stuff like that. I mean, the, I'm, I'm headed to Lake Fork tomorrow with absolutely no, you know, I told the guys today I paid the entry fee just because in case, you know, lightning strikes, I've paid and can win that tournament. But it's just like a vacation for me going to these tournaments, hanging out with all the guys and, and especially, you know, doing this podcast, man, we've made so many friends, me and Dan both and talked to so many people getting to connect with everybody in person at the events and stuff. Just, just a big bonus. I think I got one of the biggest compliments from the club, from Alex. And I've heard it from a few other guys um, since our club is mainly about the comradeship and just uh, the tournaments are just an excuse to get together and go fishing. You know, the buy-ins are real low. There's not any big payouts. You know, we fight trophies and prizes at the tournaments. But one of the things Alex said, so one of the reasons why he makes such a big effort to come back and fish with us from doing those bigger um, tournaments he's in, but it's just a great positive vibe. And um, that's how we're trying to keep the club in, in that way. So, um uh, we, you know, it's just all about the comradeship, friendship, and an excuse to go fishing. So. That's right. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, it sounds like it was a, a pretty tough tournament out there that day uh, for, for the people that did fish. So, uh, you had 44 anglers. Alex, you got first with 72 inches. Um, really, only eight people even caught a fish. Arnold, second with 62 and a quarter and then third went down to two fish 26 inches ryan kim uh so that was top three so yeah kind of tell us about your day we'll start with you alex uh how'd it go for you i mean obviously it went good but how did you catch them what were you doing all that good stuff yeah so just to kind of paint a picture everybody for everybody who's listening about what santa fe dam is because you've got listeners from all over santa fe dam i don't know the size of it but you can walk around the whole thing and maybe an hour easily and uh it's all basically poured concrete and there's there's water in it surprisingly uh it's about i don't know maybe six to ten inches of visibility all year round and uh half the lake is kind of just slanted concrete into the water and then the other half is kind of riprap that's got some some brush and some trees and everything so for me, like I, I like to reaction fish and I like to burn the bank as much as possible. And because of the dirty water, I just throw basically chatter baits, crank baits, and spinner baits every time that I go there. Sounds um, perfect for you, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I um, already want to go now. That's just like me. So <laughs> yeah, and and there are rumors that there are giants in there. I mean, I know that there are, there are some local swim baiters that throw ten to twelve inch glide baits and, and big trout swim baits, and sometimes they catch them. Um, 
so there is there is a good reason to go to this lake but uh no really for the for the tournament i just threw a black and blue uh three eighth ounce z-man jackhammer and uh i got lucky i got three fish from between like seven and seven thirty in the morning um i kind of burned one bank and then i went kind of looking for bedfish because there's just enough clarity in the water to where you could almost predict where they're going to be uh, in kind of some of the ends of the lake. So I, I spent about another 45 minutes on a bedfish that, uh, like I said, I got out of my kayak, took two rods with me, walked about another 50 yards down the bank and, and caught it and then measured it and put it right back. And, uh, and then like my, my kicker was like a 1675 that I, I caught later on in the day on a, a chatterbait again. But yeah, those fish were all just like, dirt shallow just cover a lot of water and put one right in front of one's face pretty much what um looking at this i just showed a showed the map of the place on there and it looks like chocolate milk on on google earth Mm -hmm. so like what causes it to be so cloudy and stained all the time any idea arnold is the the local to to santa fe dam so he could probably show a lot more i asked uh, a couple of the I asked a couple of the guys that worked there. They couldn't really answer it, but they did tell me it's uh, it's spring fed. I guess as mm-hmm. a, all the water comes in from a well, but that water is like super clear. So, but it's pretty it's pretty shallow. It's I think the deepest is around fourteen feet, I believe. I'm not sure. If yeah, it, and that's that's lake level is about fourteen feet. Is um, the deepest is usually somewhere around ten feet most of the year. So, okay. Yeah, but yeah. they were saying that. That wa- the water quality there is better than, say, the surrounding lakes because of that. The other lakes get their water from like runoff and stuff like that. So the oh, yeah, water quality, spring. the water quality so, itself is better. Just the visibility is not that great. Yeah, I have water. seen that, the lake water clear up quite a bit over at Santa Fe Dam, but it's mostly pretty murky compared to some of our bigger lakes, not some of the uh, smaller park lakes, but. Um, it, it's a it's a great little place, and they don't allow gas motors in that lake. You could put a big bass boat in there, but you have to stay on the trolling motor. And mm-hmm. um, also, that it's just a great place to float tube and stuff because you don't have to worry about getting run over, you know, at some of the bigger <laughs> lakes you go and visit at. So, so it's kind of cool little place if you like to float tube and bring the kids out and stuff like that. Great place to get people started in in fishing. So, yeah. And mo- most of the fish there are like super pale. They're like almost white. They're like silverish color. They look, they look crazy. You get you get a couple of them that are kind of marked up, like the ones that live in the, the toolies and stuff like that. But yeah. majority of them, they're like super pale. You could tell right away a San Fe down fish. You know. Yeah. Is it a like large mouth spotted bass or combination of everything? Uh, large large mouth only. Large mouth only. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they, they have other species like catfish and carp and. And stuff like that, but as far as the bass fishing go, it's just just the largemouth. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, Alan, uh, what's your chatterbait trailer? That's yeah, kind of always <laughs> uh, the the Zeko color Yamamoto Zeko. The yeah. paddle tail one or the straight? No, just the the straight tail one. I don't. I don't personally. I don't like the paddle. I think that. Uh, yeah. Any kind of slim tail for a chatterbait that vibrates with the at the same frequency, I guess you could say, as the blade is ideal. Once you get that tail kicking a little bit more, I I personally just think there's too much going on, and and I, I yeah. pretty much fish it fast too. So once you start burning it, like you don't really want too much secondary action out of that tail. That's the uh, using those uh, paddle tail. The only way I got to got it to work that I liked it was by clipping the tail, kind of like you do in the winter on Kitex. And then yeah. I thought about it and I was like, well, at that point, why did I buy them? So, <laughs> and, and any grass, so it's just toolies, I guess. Uh, well, in the summer, you the some of the grass will build up, so you'll start getting algae blooms as the water starts heating up, and you, we will get some grass build up there, and um, it'll, it'll produce a little bit of grass pads and stuff like that where you might be able to throw a frog in there, but it's um. You know, it's not heavily um, grassed out, so, but it, it's not bad. And just so uh, to get back to the chatterbait, one of the things I like to do in the chatterbait, uh, I'll take one of the paddle, paddle tail um, swim, small swim baits like a Kitek or something similar, and I'll, I'll cut that paddle tail off and rig the bait as a trailer upside down. 
And that yeah, way, you're doing not that. getting the same kick you get out of that paddle tail. And it's a lot more subtle kick. Because um, like Alex was saying, you don't want too much um, back there because you're getting a lot of action from, from that blade on the chatterbaits. Yeah. I'll tell you just a little tidbit I've done is, uh, and I use the same thought process on underspins as well as a fluke. It's It's a good... I don't know. I don't see a lot of guys do it. That it's not not really secret information, but most of the guys I see throwing jack cameras are throwing like a creature bait on it or a Kitek. And I one of the best days I've had with a chatter bait, I was throwing a fluke on the back of it because I had ran out of Kitex. So it was kind of a perfect little happening. Yeah. I know a lot of guys swear by the the trailer that comes with the original chatter baits. That little, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. It's got like two little tentacles on the end of it, and rub kind of deal. Yeah, a split split tail. Yeah, right. Almost like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing I like to use those on, I'll still switch out the trailer though. But it's on those tiny chatter baits. You know, sometimes I'll go down to those real small ones. Yeah. And, uh, um, they work pretty good. They'll produce big fish for you as well, especially when the bait fish is small. So I'll, I'll throw that smallest chatterbait they make, and um, I'll, I'll put on, you know, a little paddle tail trailer or, um, uh, gee, I can't even think of the name of it, but it's a little fork tail um, shad bait that I actually pour myself, and there's only it's only two point seven five inches, and it just makes a great trailer on those tiny um, chatterbaits, and I'll use something like that um, when nothing else is working. You you'll get some bites, and oftentimes you'll get a big one. So. Yeah, I've got I've got some of those tiny chatterbaits, dude, and they're they're worth their weight in gold because they're getting harder yeah. to find around here. I mean, they're like stupid tiny. Like, yeah, I actually want to yeah. say that I've got them in the crappie section. They're yeah, so probably. small. But... Yeah, I actually got some blades. I was going to start making my own in the in that small size, but I just haven't got to it yet. So. That'd be cool. Yeah, may may have to hit you up for some then. <laughs> If I ever start making them. <laughs> oh, Arnold, how did how did you get yours, man? My technique was a lot different than Alex. I actually Uh-oh. was throwing a something super basic, a small 132nd Kitek uh, tungsten jig head with a two-inch easy shiner on it. And uh, on five-pound test, that. spinning rod, working the bank, and then just picking up a couple. The only reason I think it worked because the, the length limit was so low. It was a 11 inch length limit mm-hmm. so my my uh thinking was like just pick up a quick limit of smaller fish and then try to get a kicker at the end or something like that yeah no, that's but, a good math but um uh the weird thing is uh the the easy shiner is a bluegill flash color so it's kind of like translucent and you wouldn't think it would be that effective you know in that dirty water but those fish are used to that water so you know, they could still key in on something like that. They'll find it, you know, even though with, well, they're used to that, you know, the visibility. So that oh, was yeah. it. Well, yeah, just working the bank. Yeah. What's that? No, I was just going to say, I, I, I think color is, doesn't, you know, uh, shad, they don't change their color no matter what color the water is. The bass still find them and they still eat them. So I just think any natural type baits will work. I know I've, I've always grown up knowing that, Dark water, you want to fish dark baits because of the silhouette and everything. But um, I think the natural baits work in the murky water as well. That, that's are- something I was gonna going to say was that you know for me, like I think we all know those rules with you know dark baits, dark water, which yeah. honestly for me changed because when I grew up, a lot of guys were all about throwing white and chartreuse in muddy water, and. Yeah. Uh, but I've like those easy shiners you're talking about. I have that exact color and everything. And that's like a, like if it's tough, any of those translucent, uh, easy shiners or, uh, some of the flukes that are a little more transparent, that's my go-to, you know, go back to something that looks, you know, as close to real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even throw some of those, what is it? Castaic. Oh, I can't remember. Turkey uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. It look, I mean, it looks like they, cast netted a bunch of bait and threw it in a bag and if it gets that bad i'll throw one of those on a little jig head and throw it yeah, uh, uh, i cast steak made like this little tiny shad bait it was probably 
two, two and a half inches, something like that, maybe three at the most. And and it, it had sort of like a little real thin curly tail on it, right? a lot thinner than you see on your typical grubs. And those things were just killers. They, oh, they were pre, they were already rigged for you too. So they were pre-rigged with the weight inside the bait. And I haven't seen those baits in a long time, but that was one of my go-to baits, you know, a few years ago when I was fishing the uh, the bigger bass tournaments. And I just don't ever see those anymore. I don't know if they still make them or not. You know. While we're talking about this, just because I love talking about tackle, so we're going <laughs> to kind of stay sidetracked on tackle for a second. For you guys, have either of y'all or any of y'all fishing those that you know smaller lakes like that tried the Mega Bass Okashira heads? I, I did. I've caught a couple on them. Do you have the yeah. the head with the blade or just yeah. the head? No, those uh, with the blade. Oh, no, with the blade. Yeah, those the screw are head, right? Yeah, yeah, screw same, head. Yeah, that's what they call yeah. It. same same trailer, same size. You know that that works pretty good too. That I always I was never into the small jig head fishing and small swim baits until I found some underwater footage of one of those listening to the sound that little screw head makes, and it's so different from you know, chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, and everything else. It, I mean, it sounds like somebody's tapping a pin on a little metal wire underwater, just barely. And that, it's another one of my little go-tos, man. When it gets tough, get out a little two-inch swim bait, put it on that. I think I use like the 16th ounce ones, man. They're so small. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, Oliver and I of Big Bass Dreams, the, the lake that he grew up on is the second lake that we or yeah, the second lake that we fish in the Urban Angler Club, Pudding Stone. And I hadn't tried any of those Okashira screwheads until I saw his footage of him catching crappie and bass on it. And then I put it on and, and sure enough, I started catching them. It definitely takes some patience and some light line, but it also works, works really, really well, especially for these anywhere in Southern California, because mm. you got lots of people, pressured water and small bodies of water. Yeah. I've just seen it at the store. I haven't thrown, I have, that's something I haven't thrown yet. Yeah. Yeah. In our and these, space, Springstone, it, it's a lot clearer than Santa Fe Dam as well. So you do really well with some of the smaller baits there. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, all these lakes have, um, I don't know if you guys know what those Silverside minnows are. They're mm -hmm. Yeah, like we, a little slim. So these lakes, yeah, these lakes are full of those. So that, that small bait is like a perfect imitation for that. You know, so those bass are used to eating eating those little baits. So that's why, that's why I think it works good. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why um, the the um, jerk baits work so well too because they're they're slender. I like throwing the the small sizes too, like the sixty five size instead of the one tens. And I just get bit so much and by by big fish. As a matter of fact, I, I've caught a couple of twelve pounders on that little on that little jerk bait. You know, with uh, with six pound, maybe eight pound line at the most, something like that. Uh, I think someone said they use. I don't say they use five. Five pound. I use five pound a lot when we're fishing. Um, some of our waters can get pretty clear. And one of the lakes um, called Diamond Valley, it, it's uh, one of the larger lakes in, in California. And uh, that water is real clear there. You can see almost 30 feet down. So you either have to go with real tiny baits or the, uh, the big trout baits, one or the other, to, to get bit. So, uh, I was used to fish that, that lake a lot. So I got really used to throwing uh, small baits. 
I started using five pound because of Alex. I remember one time he won and he mentioned what he, his setup was for his drop shot setup. And he said, yeah, that Sunline Sniper, I believe it's super strong, you know, and it's really thin. Gives you more action. Sunline yeah. Sniper is my go-to line. I love that stuff. But y'all are talking all sorts of weird stuff about light line, man. I don't go under 10 pound on my drop shot. <laughs> I, well, I, I tried eight pound. Got I, I just stepped up to eight pound. I just stepped up to eight pound after losing a couple key fish in some previous tournaments. I was like, uh, so, but yeah, so now I just use it for like the real small stuff just as a leader. My thing was, I don't like when I'm throwing a drop shot or any kind of spinning gear, like I don't horse the fish or anything. And I'm very, very confident with like not tying because I like tying knots. It's something that, you know, you fiddle with your hands and your brain and tie a knot. And I don't know, eight pound, like I trust FC sniper, but first fish I hooked with it, maybe it was a giant, who knows? But I mean, it just boink. And I was like, all right, nope, done with this. It's not, <laughs> I ain't never broke 10 pound like that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, what, what's funny, it, go ahead, Kirk. Oh, no, I was just going to say that Sunline is really good line. And when Alex was sharing what he was using, it was kind of funny because we were using the same line. We both used that Sunline five pound. And because of that, another club member, had his spinning reel spooled up with um, with uh, five pound leader. I think he had an eight or ten pound um, braid line with a uh, five pound leader drop shotting, and um, they were on a family outing. His, his younger brother grabbed his pole, threw it out there like for the last cast of the day, and hooked a fourteen pounder. So they were able to get that fourteen pound bass in on five pound test. So that, that was quite an accomplishment. I yeah. thought. No, that wouldn't happen for me. Not it's even that the hook. I, I can understand the line not breaking, but that it's crazy the hook couldn't bend out. No, you know, I, 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 I think what, like that. Then I think fly fishing. You know, yeah. like tiny hooks still catch giant trout. Yeah, yeah. And, and that tournament that Arnold's talking about, where I dropped down to five pound. So the third lake in our series for the urban anglers is Castaic Lagoon, um, which is notorious for Butch Brown. If you guys have heard of that guy. Mm-hmm. that's the only place that he fishes and he catches, I don't know how many teeners and 12 pounders and 10 pounders out of the lake fishing his swim baits. But so there's giant fish in there. There's, you know, the ones that will commit to a 10 inch swim bait or an eight inch Huddleston or whatever. But if you're not catching them on those big baits, then you have to drop down and fish light line because it's the polar opposite of Santa Fe dam. It's really deep. It gets down to like 65, 70, the deepest part. It gets clear and it gets cold and that lake is because of, of where it is. It's typically a month behind in, in the seasons where the winter lasts a little bit longer. Summer's a little bit shorter and, and the springtime is, is a lot smaller, smaller of a window, but it's just funny to, to think about. I mean, in this conversation alone, we're talking about a place like Santa Fe dam. We're talking about pudding stone, which kind of has a little bit of everything. And that's, that's my favorite lake to fish back home. And then Castaic lagoon where, you know that there's giant fish out there. Butch Brown does it all the time, but just catching one of those for myself or any of like the regular guys is just near impossible. Castaic is actually famous uh, worldwide, actually, for producing double-digit fish. I know there's been several top uh, – if you look at the top bass category, like the top 20 or something like that, there will be more than one of them from Castaic Lake. I can't remember the last time I looked at that list, but but several really big bass come out of Castaic, both the main lake and the lagoon, and Butch Brown's famous for putting together just stringers of double-digit fish. He'll have five or six fish in one day all over 10 pounds i don't know if he's done that recently but back in the day he would do it on a regular basis have you dan or, or jimmy had the chance to fish out here in, on the west coast at all or no no it's on my list like i really wanted to make the clear lake trip last year for mm-hmm. i can't even remember who was there and because of time and you know work and stuff it came down to uh, California or uh, lacrosse. And I really wanted to fish the Mississippi river. Cause I like, I like like fast moving water. And, uh, that was just, was like, well, we'll do this this year and then we'll go out West next year. And now I don't think any of the big trails are coming out there this year. So 
Well, you have, there's, there's two options to fish clear. Like we now have a, basically a California qualifier. So Bass didn't bring out one of their trail events, but we do have a qualifier on Clear Lake. So that's going to be May 23rd and that's going to be a big event. And then for the KBF trails, we actually have three trail events. So everybody else has like their two day, you know, one weekend tournaments. We've got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there's going to be a handful of, of those East coasters. I think Russ and maybe Cody Milton are going to come out. Oh, you know, Russ is going to come back out there and let everybody know that he's still the man on those waters. (laughs) Yeah, well, he did so last year. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) But uh, I think a lot of guys, if they're willing to travel, I mean, at least out of anything, this is the best reason to come out west is because you have three trails to to basically qualify or add to your angler of the year points. Is it a um, your qualifier? Is it one of the like state level bass nations? It's yeah, it's kind of the same equivalent pretty much for yeah, but it's just a one event instead of like a thing. right this year it's it's a one day event and then next year they're going to run a, a series and then a toc to qualify so that's what i do for alabama we did a one day event last year and we have a trail series this year and then uh tennessee and georgia kind of do the same thing so that that's cool that y'all got that though you know we want to you know Bassmasters the og it's cool to see like i actually got it in the mail today Bassmaster magazine that had Jody Queen and his kayak on the front page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like cool. that's not me, but that's a kayak. Look at us go! Like, check hey, us out. We're kings of the kayak up. or something like that. Do what? Yeah, I got mine today too. It said like kings of the kayak. Yeah, that's Jody. <laughs> yeah. I was stationed in Tacoma, and I've been to California, but whenever I was up there, I just fished saltwater the whole time. I didn't fish any freshwater. That's what I like also about um, Kirk's tournaments. It's it makes you um, go out, hit, uh, try new new bodies of water. That like I tried. Uh, well, I fished Lake Parish for the first time with him. I fished Castaic Lagoon for the first time with him, and gets you out there trying new new lakes. And now they're like one of my favorites to to go out there. You know, so very cool. Yeah, we we try to spread it out a little bit. Um, what what we try to do, we have a handful of lakes, and for our tournament series, we try to hit each lake two times, and then on the last tournament, we'll have like a picnic afterwards for a group, and then we'll 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 give the awards out for that final tournament, and then we'll also name the Urban Angler of the Year, which um, Arnold actually won that in 2019, so uh, he was our first Urban Angler of the Year. And it, it was a tight race. You know, we have, what, three or four guys there that could have won it on that last tournament. And uh, uh, I know Alex is right up in there as well. As a matter of fact, I think Alex went into that last tournament leading it. So I think if Alex would have caught one fish, he would have he he won. That, right? Or was oh, it yeah, something that's, like that? That's correct, yeah. yeah you can tell by the look on Alex's face yeah. right now. Yeah. You're opening up a wound. Oh yeah. I got, I got plenty of those. Like I fished, uh, the day before this, this last event, we've, uh, the, the ABA had a, a tournament down in San Diego at, at Lake Hodges. And that's a, a new series to California, especially Southern California. And out of 50 of some really, really good sticks, the day was just tough. There was also only 17 fish caught first place had three second place had two fish. And I didn't catch anything on, on that Saturday. So Sunday I go to Santa Fe Dam and I just wail on the first fish that bites because I actually got <laughs> bit in, in a week. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, going into that, that 2019, that last event, we went back to Santa Fe Dam and I, I had some good history there. And sure enough, I think uh, I was in first in the, in the standings and I think Anthony may have been second and we both blanked and we just stood there at the awards ceremony looking at each other like, Yep, Arnold definitely took that from us. <laughs> I just had I had the advantage because that's my home lake, you know. So, but th- these guys still kill it out there. Yeah, that's but, cool, but definitely got they, they fished a national event, so uh, uh, the fact that we had a, one of our local guys from the club actually win the whole thing, it just shows you the kind of competition we have. You know, you can have uh, good sticks like Alex and one of our other members uh, part of part of the G team, Anthony Garcia. And we, we ha- actually have quite a few of our members that, that fished larger kayak events and they're all pretty good. And, uh, um, you know, they come down and fish my little club events and, uh, 
you know, the, the locals do just as good against them a lot of time. Now, these guys are always at the top. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're good fishermen, but our, some of the local guys can hang in, can hang with them. So and it's nice that they come to our tournaments because they have a lot of knowledge that they can share with everybody else. So I really appreciate that. And the effort Alex makes sometimes to get over to our tournaments. He'll, he'll, he'll fish in, like, what was that, last year, a year before that, 2019, I think you fished a Clear Lake event, didn't you, in North California? On a, uh, you fished yeah, it came, I, on a Saturday and came back down on a Sunday to fish our event. That's a quite a quite a bit. Drive. Even San Diego from Los Angeles is, is what, two-hour drive. You fish all day on Saturday. Then you come on Sunday to fish another tournament. I mean, you're making a big effort to fish, you know, our small club event. And we know it's not for the money because there's not a whole right. lot of money to, to <laughs> get ours. But um, like you said, the comradeship, and you know, it's just a, a lot of fun, you know, hanging with the guys, um, talking some mess and, uh, and doing some fishing. Heck yeah, yeah. I, I think the uh, you kind of nailed it where – like, um, you know, in the beginning of 2019, when I first met Anthony, part of the G team, he uh, he was on kind of like a like an older Hobie Outback. But I mean, he won the first event fishing from a bike, bought a kayak and then started. And then, yeah. And then started doing well in the kayak. And I, I looked at him maybe in like March or April and I said, dude, you're you could do these KBF tournaments and some of these other organizations up north. Like, no problem. Like, you're definitely you're there if you want to do it, you know, we'll travel together, camp out, whatever we got to do. And, uh, you know, sure enough, like he and I kind of, he's now one of my travel partners and we go up and up and down California. And he and I both drove out to Gunnersville for the KBF national championship. And, um, you know, that's kind of what, one of the reasons why I like the urban angler club is because I want to kind of convince people that in this growing sport of kayak fishing, anybody can join. You don't have to buy a, a you know, $60,000 bass boat. It's a, it's a cheaper alternative to tournament fishing. And I mean, we're just seeing the sport grow even more. I mean, going into this year, how many kayaks and trolling motors and accessories are sold out going into, you know, the second or third quarter of the year. But, you know, there's a lot of guys that I think, you know, either just need a little, a little nudge in the right direction and, and they're there ready to compete against some of the bigger names. Uh, um, Alex makes a good point here. One of the things that the Urban Angler Club does is bring people together. So a lot of people met Jose through the Urban Angler Club. It became really good friends and really close to him. Um, Alex is talking about, I mean, he just he joined the Urban Angler Club. He didn't know Anthony before that. He met him through the club. And now they're travel partners at some of the bigger tournaments. I'm sure Arnold has some similar stories as well. Yeah. Uh, I met a bunch of great guys through through the club, Alex. Um, you know, there's countless guys that I've that I've met through there. Before I used to be like a lone wolf, you know, just fishing by myself, and I actually have fishing buddies that I could call and you know go on trips and stuff like that. That's one of the great things about joining a local club like this. Just all the yeah. friendships you make. We've got had guys that didn't fish at, at all hardly. They were just interested in it. And they would they learned about the club through someone. And they would give me a call and come by the house. And I would help set them up, you know, with some, some simpler techniques like Texas rig and drop shot, you know. And some of those guys now are three or four years into fishing. And they've, they've been catching some pretty decent fish and either at our tournaments or on their own. So it's nice to see somebody come in like that. And I know Arnold's talked about this. It might be the same for Alex, but, um, you know, fishing is just very therapeutic. At least, you know, it is for me just being out there in the outdoors and um, even if I don't catch anything. And, and that's what we're trying to um, strive for and in bringing people into the club that, you know, it, it's more than just an outdoor activity, you know. So we're trying to get people off their screens, you know, it's computers, it's phones, it's TVs, and try and get them out that virtual war, world and into the reality of the outdoors. So, um, and we we do that through fishing. So that that's kind of like our, our goal is, is to kind of go in that direction. And we want the Urban Angler Club to be more of a community service and we we you know we just happen to do tournaments every now and again so 
Very cool. So since this is a benefit, Kirk, you were saying before this that there's a way that people can still donate. They're doing a, a raffle. Yeah, the, there's um, there's two gentlemen in the club, and they were really close to Jose, and they didn't know him until uh, until he joined the club. And um, these guys both are bait makers, and uh, well, um, 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 one of them's a bait maker. He he makes he hand ties jigs, and his name is Aldo Orozco, and he runs Boondock Baits. So if you guys go on Instagram and just look up Boondock Baits. You can find Aldo there, and you can see the kind of jigs he makes. But more importantly, you know, he's partnering up with another gentleman who I'll mention in a minute to um, to do a, a raffle of some pretty high-end items. You know, there's some Corrado reels in there and some high-end um, um, rods that got donated by some tackle shops. And they're raffling those off to earn, to raise more money for, the, for Jose to give to his family. So um, they did a pretty good job at the tournament with that. And they're going to continue it for about another week. Um, the other gentleman, he doesn't make baits, but he makes um, a clothing line of urban fishing wear. So all the clothes that, that they have, it has like an urban fishing theme on it. And one of his, uh, one of his tack lines or his main tack line is um, Fish Your City. So it, it's, uh, he has a really cool line of clothing. His name is John Sanchez. And uh, you can find him uh, on Instagram as well at Stay Bent Anglers. So those are two guys that were very instrumental in making this um, uh, this fundraiser um, possible and successful. So um, you know we could get people to go on and uh, um, visit their Instagram sites and, and stay tuned for when the raffles are going to happen. That'll be really cool. I know they were doing a. They actually stay. Um, out, um, stay bent. Actually, had a, a. They're doing a live broadcast today, I believe, from Instagram. About the same time we're doing this. So, but it, I just think it's really great to see these these guys come together like this. And even for this fundraiser was amazing because we have several anglers that weren't in our club that decided to come in and come just for the fundraiser. They didn't know Jose. They just heard about him. And wanted to support him. So I, I think that's pretty good. I think the England community is great. You know, it doesn't matter your race or your religion or anything like that. You know, we're just we're just one big happy family when we're out there on the water. So it's just a, a pretty awesome thing to experience. And uh, I feel very lucky to have the kind of guys I have in the club. You know, I just I don't know what else to say. You know, it's just a bunch of great guys, you know, just lucky, I guess. There you go. And we've had y'all on for almost an hour here now. We don't want to take up any more of your time. But we, um, anytime we have somebody on, we want to give you a chance to give a shout out to anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Arnold, we'll start with you, man. Uh, just main thanks for, for Kirk for getting us all together and giving me an opportunity to meet all these guys, you know, to, uh, that's pretty much it. There you go. Pond Prowler, man. Get, get, get yeah. man. <laughs> Alex, how about you? Um, yeah, a couple sponsors, BioNO Batteries. Uh, I just jumped on with the team for New Canoe this year. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank tournament directors across the country because I know <laughs> that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I really like to thank every anybody who just makes an opportunity for us to, to get on the water. Um, and, uh, and you guys, you know, I mean, I just kind of, we started a podcast earlier in the year and I just think that, uh, you know, giving people of all sorts and all opportunities, like just the, the chance to, you know, tell their story is amazing. And, um, thanks to you guys for, for having us. Which podcast is it? Say shout uh, it out, dude. So Shane and I run the the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast. I didn't know that was you. Yeah, man. I'm, li- I'm, a, I'm a subscriber, dude. I'm listening yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we just got started. We kind of sh- we like to check or keep your thumbs dripped. Yeah, yeah, always keep your thumbs ripped. That's us. Um, yeah, we just like to shed a little light to the West Coast, and uh, you know we like to interview guys that win big tournaments, small tournaments, and just about anywhere in between. There you go. Yeah, man, I'm I'm about that. Kurt, how about you? 
Well, uh, well, just the, really just the members and the Urban Angler Club, but we do have uh, some pretty big sponsors that, that help us keep going and, and provide us with, with products to raffle or give away us prizes for some of our winners. I'll just like to name them. And, and some of these guys were, were pretty big in, in giving us product to, to sell or raffle off for the fundraiser. One of them is... Um, LA Alliance is a tackle shop in um, Los Angeles. I believe it's in San, San Pedro, right? Yeah. So and, and then um, 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 there's a, a city called Brea, and, and um, I guess that's more in the Orange County area, but that is Fisherman Access. They gave me a couple of nice rods, and they, they've helped in other tournaments as well. And then there's uh, we got a new partner that just came on with us at, at the end of last year. It's called Fishing Syndicate. They make custom rods. They have a rod shop where they produce custom rods. They're well known for their saltwater rods, but they're coming on strong with their with their bass and trout rods as well. And they make some good inshore rods too for the guys who want to fish the bays and harbors. So that's about it. Very cool. Well, we appreciate y'all being on and continued success for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, we appreciate everything you do, Kirk. And uh, yeah, thank y'all. Thank you, Dan, for having us on. Thank you. All right. See y'all. All right. There we go. Let's talk about these tournaments. Uh, first up, the, the other big one. Well, there were a couple of big ones, but the national one was. Um, the Hobie on Broken Bow, obviously, we talked about that. 110 anglers, Russ Snyder's, that guy's ridiculous, uh, dugout team member. Uh, 100, he had 170 and a half inches. Justin Brewer was in second, 168 and a quarter. Luke Arian, 164. Tom View, 162 and three quarter. And Nick Matthews in fifth with 161 three quarter. Biggest tournament we do, five anglers. Queen City kayak bass fishing, 141 anglers. That's right, grassroots trail, 141 anglers. As always, the only trail in the club that does four fish limit. Chris Gravely, 87 and a half inches in first. Eric McCormick and with 80 and a half. Jeremy Heath in third with 78 and three quarter. Then you had Tennessee Valley kayak anglers. They were on Garnersville, 53 anglers, three fish limit. Uh, Joseph Kirk with a mega bag, ready? 65 and three quarter inches for three fish limit. They were 22 and a half, 22 and 21 and a quarter. That's a, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it, that was a nuts sack, dude. That was like, I remember, I, I know they fish three fish, but when I pulled it up, I was like, oh, that must've been a bad day on a five fish tournament. And I put my phone down and I was like, wait, no. Hold on. And I pulled my phone back up and was like, good God, should have went to Gunnersville this weekend. Yeah. I just like that you said nuts sack. <laughs> I was wondering if you caught that. You well, didn't laugh. And I was like, well, there went that joke. <laughs> uh, and then you had the father and son du dynamic duo of Brad Golden and Terry Golden. Uh, Brad had, he got second with 61 and a half and Terry Golden with 57 and three, three quarter. And then San Antonio kayak fishing, they were on Choke Canyon, which I uh, keep hearing stuff about that, uh, about that place. Uh, 40 anglers, Matt Uturdy, and he keeps showing up. He keeps winning or getting top three and everything. 101 inches. Yeah, 101 inches. Uh, Robert Adcock with 97 and three quarter, and then Brian Beck with 96 and three quarter. So uh, Choke Canyon, yeah, put that on your list. And then, uh, like, who was, who was just talking about that? Alex, he was talking about the ABA tournament on Lake Hodges, 50 anglers, five fish limit, super tough fishing. Uh, only 13 out of 50 people had a fish at all. So, yeah, brutal. Johnny Baynard with 52 and three quarter. Five fish limit, he had three fish. That one. Uh, second was Chris Cabral, uh, or Cabral, sorry, dude. Uh, 31 and three quarter, two fish limit, second place. And third place was Daryl Bogosian. Again, I'm sorry. Uh, 22 and a quarter. He only had one fish, got third place. So, yeah, this is 22 and a quarter. So, yeah, it was a nice fish. So, yeah, brutal. That was it. So, that's all the tournaments, 30 or more. 
So yeah, it's good. We we appreciate having those guys on. It's a nice, you know, club doing something good for somebody. That's always good. So there you go. We lost Jimmy, but it's the end of the show. Um, yeah, we'll see y'all again next week. Just stay good. You know, be nice to each one another. It's tough out there. So, uh, yep. See you again for too long. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.